to Maranatha Christian Assembly Podcast, where we bring you the Word of God wherever you are. We pray that you be blessed by God's Word this week. So today I want to talk about decision making, right? making decisions for our life. And the big idea is this, that God is with us and will guide us through all our good as well as our bad decisions. How many of you will attest to that? Yes, huh? So good and bad decision as well. There was a significant place in Israel's journey where a key decision was made and that place was Kadesh Barnea. Kadesh Barnea. It resulted in a whole generation of people missing the blessing of God and they were unable to enter the promised land. Turn with me to the book of Numbers, chapter 13, verse 26. And then we will be also looking at Numbers 32, verse 8 and 13. Right, Numbers, chapter 13, verse 26. And it says here, that they came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. Numbers 32, verse 8 to 13. This was Moses speaking to the Transjordan tribe. And he says that this is what your father did when I sent them from Kadesh Barnea to look over the land. After they went up from the valley of Eskor and viewed the land, they discouraged the Israelites from entering the land the Lord had given them. The Lord's anger was aroused that day, and he swore this oath, because they have not followed me wholeheartedly. Not one of those who were 20 years old or more when they came up out of Egypt will see the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Not one except Caleb, son of Jehunan, the Kenizzite, and Joshua, son of Nun, for they followed the Lord wholeheartedly. The Lord's anger burned against Israel, and he made them wander in the wilderness 40 years, until the whole generation of those who had done evil in their sight was gone. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this gathering of your people. And some of us may be looking at decisions that we are making or maybe decisions that we have made before that was bad. Father, we know that you are a God of second chance. You are a God who redeem us. You are a God who always guide us and is with us, Lord. And therefore, I pray that even through this message, that you may encourage us to know your will and to walk with you wholeheartedly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Right, we are all very familiar with this story of the child spies, the report of the ten, right, versus the two, the rebellion in the camp, and finally judgment from God. What could be my focus for today? I want to draw up some simple observation and see how this could help us in our walk with God. Number one, God gave us freedom to make our own decision. 
turn to your neighbor and say, you have choices. You have choices. Huh? You are free to choose. Huh? Turn to the other side. Right? We have freedom to make our own decision. When we read this story, you may ask, why is there, or why was there a need to send out the spies to scout the land? Hasn't God already commanded them or given the promise that they will process the land? So, right from the calling of Moses, we see that in Exodus chapter 3, the Lord said, I've seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard their cry. I'm concerned about their suffering. I've come down to rescue them. And I want to bring them out to a good and spacious land. A land flowing with milk and honey. The home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Right? Shouldn't they just march right in and take possession if indeed they trusted and they obey the Lord? So, the question to ask is this, why did God command Moses to send spies into their land? What could be the reason? Because we see in Numbers chapter 13, verse 1, the Lord said to Moses, right? Send some men to explore the land of Canaan for which I'm giving to <coughs> the Israelites. So, was it really a test? <coughs> was it a test that God has for the Israelite people to see their response? Or was it something else? Wait a minute, if you look into the scripture, you realize there is a contrasting account of this situation. Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 20 to 23. And this was when Moses is recalling what has happened. Here he says that in Deuteronomy, Moses says that you have reached the hill country of the uh, Amorites, right, which the Lord has given you and go and take possession of land. Go and take possession. That was the command God has given them. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. And then in verse 22, what happened? Then all of them came to me and say, hey, let's send some men. Lah. Let's send them to spy the land. Bring back a report about the route we are to take to the town. And it says, this idea seems good to me. So I selected 12 of you, one from each tribe. If you look this, into this account, then what could be the likely scenario? Right? Number one, I believe this is my own imagination into the story. The Israelites suggested to Moses, we are going in, right? How about we go and scout it out, see whether where are the good shopping places? Huh? Or what do you want to do, right? Or what are the fruits? Huh? See how the, the cities are fortified? So this idea, number two, the idea seemed good to Moses. And then Moses subsequently leave it, bring it up to the Lord. The Lord, of course, say, you want to do? Do it, lah. do as you wish. And then, of course, finally, then Moses selected the men and sent them out. Right. So what am I saying here? If you look into this account, God actually gave us a lot of freedom to make our own decision. Agree with me? Agree, huh? Right. So, God is not a micromanager who breathes down our neck to make sure that we comply to all His rules and regulations and all His preferences. He's not there waiting to strike us down the minute we make a mistake. We have lots and lots of latitude to lead the life we want. Uh, so, uh, there's no need to ask God what we should 
eat or where, <laughs> right? How many of us, hey, where are we going uh, for lunch? <laughs> Do we need to pray, uh, Pastor Alvin, uh, to see where God is leading us, which restaurant, which places? No, uh, uh, after our meeting, right, where's the nice place? Where should we fellowship? We have the liberty to make those decisions. There's no need to sweat the small stuff and sometimes even the big stuff. There are many issues in life that are not black and white. Uh, there's a whole spectrum of decision that's allowed within the will of God. And this may even include the job you take, the person you marry, the house you buy, the investment you make, and the dog you keep. Agree with me? Right, right. So, uh, what am I saying? I'm not saying that we should make decisions flippantly. Yes, we should seek God to see if there is a specific will of God for a particular situation. For my experiences, right? For my experiences, after seven major job changes, 28 years working in the marketplace and also in church, moving in and out, a person who can't decide, huh? Uh, that's me, huh? <laughs> right? I think more often than not, uh, there isn't a specific will. God is silent. Huh? It's for you to make the best out of it. Right? So in this case, if, if then there isn't a specific will for a particular situation, we are free to use our mental ability, coupled with our life experiences, to make the decision that best serves our interests. We don't have to spiritualize everything. Uh, how many of us know of people who have such tendency? Eh? God spoke to me. God told me I'm going to marry that beautiful girl. Or God told me that I'm going to land that, that, that job that I'm craving for. Right? So you think about this. Uh, how, how did God speak to you? Was it an audible voice or did God write uh, on the wall, right, that you are able to see? Right? So, uh, if you look into this, then it's a right. That, there's no room for discussion anymore. Huh? If God speaks to you, what still is the pastor say? Uh, God told me, Pastor Yahweh. <laughs> so what could be the the way forward? Oh, I felt led, huh? It's slightly different, huh? Well, then God speak to me. And of course, then there are other areas whereby people, some people will say, uh, if I lay aside certain conditions, if I see that coming to pass, then I know this is God's will. If I experience, this, if I experience three references uh, to the country of Africa, then I know God is calling me to be a missionary in Africa. Wow. You know how dangerous that is? <laughs> Uh, to put a test like that because there's this thing called confirmation bias. How many of us know what is confirmation bias? Confirmation bias, huh? If you are thinking of buying a particular brand of car, then very soon on the road, you start to see that brand of car everywhere. Confirmation bias, right? So God gave us a lot of freedom to decide what we want. Uh, you may ask me, you know, can you prove it in Scripture, Kieran? Uh, from, from Scripture, we are always told to pray uh, unceasingly, right? So, look, look into Scripture again. We preach a lot about the child spies. What about the two spies? Huh? 
I'm not talking about Caleb and Joshua because in the book of Joshua chapter 1, after the installation of Joshua as the leader of Israel, what happened? Uh? Chapter 2 verse 1, uh, this is what is written. Uh? Joshua secretly sent two spies out from Sikkim and he asked them to go and look over the land, especially Jericho. And this was where we learned about the story of Rahab, right? The prostitute who was an interesting character that became uh, that came into the gene genealogy of Jesus. Uh, if you look into this text, the text didn't say Joshua sought the Lord. The, 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 the text also didn't say that God commanded Joshua. Right? So, if we were to have a simple reading of the text, then it's Joshua's own decision and discretion to send the spies. So, the issue here is not about sending the spies, right? The, this is a non-issue. The decision at hand is about entering the land and possessing it, which is the will of God for Israel. Which leads to my second point, yeah? We profit from good decisions. We suffer from bad one, huh? <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, that makes sense. Huh? <laughs> that makes sense, right? So let's look at the decision-making process. If you look at the decision-making process, firstly, in every decision, you need to identify what is the decision that we need to make. Then we need to collect the relevant information and identify the alternative, right? Which is the third step. Uh, looking at all the alternatives, we weigh the evidence and of course, we all have, let's say, our own biases in looking at things. And then we choose from the alternative uh, what would be the best course of action. And this is where on step six, we implement the, the action. And then step seven, we evaluate the result. So the circle goes around, right? So while this looks straightforward, how many of us here knows that decision-making can be quite difficult sometimes? How many of you have been in a situation whereby you, are, you, feel, you felt that you are in a dilemma, uh, whether left, right, or center, whichever is possible, huh? right? Uh, because if you look into this uh, situation or this decision-making process, there are many places in which you could go wrong. And if you, have, you are wrong in one of these steps, then likely you may make a bad decision, right? So for example, you may not have enough information. Uh, and the whole process also depends on the situation which may change whether the information you collected is up to date. And when you weigh the evidences or the alternative, uh, you may not have the full picture. Right? So the sending of the spies, if you look into here, was part of this decision-making process of gathering the information. The key decision was already made by God. And that was to go in and take possession of the land. The spying of the land perhaps was to help them with the how to enter the land, right? Which are the towns to go in first? What are the logistics that we should bring along? Uh, of course, we know this spying of the land ultimately unwind the destiny for a whole generation of the Israelites. Uh, we know the story. The people believe in the bad report. Fear and rebellion overtook the camp. They grumbled against Moses, against Aaron. They wanted to stone Joshua and Caleb. Uh, they actually wished they would, have, they, they, they would die in Egypt in the wilderness 
and they question why did God bring them out, right, to fall by the sword. So you can read this in Numbers chapter 14, verse 1 to 3, about their grumbling, right, about their grumbling, and they say it's better for us either to go back to Egypt or to die in this wilderness. We know that Moses interceded for Israel. God granted them actually what exactly God heard them saying, right? Numbers chapter uh, 14, verse 28, right? Because of what uh, the Lord declared, I will do to you this very thing I heard you say, in the wilderness your body will fall. So we know that every one of that generation, except Joshua and Caleb, died in the wilderness. They did not enter the promised land. Thus, decisions that we make have consequences. How many of us know that? Huh? They impact our life either positively or negatively. Some of us may be in a position of making a decision, perhaps looking at a job change, perhaps looking at uh, relocation of uh, your place to stay, or maybe some of us may be experiencing sickness and we are deciding which doctor uh, should we actually go with or the treatment plan. And also in church or ministry, right? What could be my area of ministry? Uh, and even for the church, recently you have just have a big change as uh, Pastor Alvin uh, been installed as a senior pastor. Uh, these are all decisions that has been taken, right? And sometimes they are not easy. Uh, and there are times whereby decision doer definitely have an impact on how we live our life. Vladimir Putin, in February of 24, decided and called out a three-day special operation, uh, three-day special military operation. He said, I decided to conduct a three-day special military operation. And now it's already an eight month. It's a long-out war. Right, so uh, he thought he had the best information. And of course, uh, at that point, I think the whole world in February thought that Ukraine would fall within a couple of days, if not one or two weeks. Right, so Putin believed in his own propaganda. He surrounded himself with yes-men. And of course, he underestimated as well the resolve of the Ukrainian people. Uh, the war has great consequences to all of us here. On the other hand, Zelensky, right, a comedian turned politician, uh, at the start of the war, we say, this guy, I think he can't make it because he's a comedian. And yet he rise up, he rose up to become a great leader to lead the people. The famous quotation uh, in the first week of the war, when President Biden offered to bring him out of Kiev, right, because you have a convoy of 65 kilometers of tank and military waiting to enter Kiev, right? He was the first target to be assassinated. And he says this, uh, the fight is here. The fight is here. I need ammunition, not a right. Wow, so inspiring. His decision, of course, changed also the course of the war. And we know we profit from good decision and we suffer from bad decision. From this decision of this great, this, these two people, we are suffering, what are we suffering right now? <laughs> inflation, <laughs> yes, inflation, and energy crisis, right? A, a very uncertain world right now. And perhaps we do not know, right? Yesterday, we saw that Crimea 
a bridge was bombed, and perhaps even nuclear war, right? Uh, very scary time, right? So decisions does have a big impact on us. Uh, for myself, over the years, I have also learned uh, to change the way I look at things. Uh, from beginning, yeah, probably quite dogmatic. This is right. This is wrong. And over the years, I become more accepting, mellow a little bit, nah, or quite a lot, uh, because I realize that everybody has freedom to make their own choices. Everybody has freedom. Ah. Uh, Wilson, I do not know. I remember in, in those early years, probably quite legalistic in some of our thinking and thoughts. Uh, this is wrong. You should not color your hair. Uh, you should pay. You should give your money to, to mission. Ah. Uh, so this was what uh, we've been taught as well. Uh, if you were to date a non-believer, that's definitely no-no. Ah. Either the leader will talk to you, or if not, then you probably have to leave the church. Uh, so, uh, and I realized that over the years, uh, it's their own life. Huh? As a pastor before uh, in Grace Assembly, I realized that I should not try to lead the life of the people I lead. Right? Always like this. Huh? The pastor says, God has a plan for you. So do I. Huh? <laughs> so do I. Huh? Right? Uh, so I remember one of my key leaders, a lady, huh? uh, uh, he, she started to date a non-believing person. And of course, I sat her down explain the pro and cons, and also the consequences. Ultimately, she was under quite a fair bit of pressure. I say, decision is still yours. Whatever your decision, I'll back you up, right? I'll pray with you, it's still yours. And of course, this is quite a number of years already. In this situation, it turns out well, because the person uh, believes in Christ. And I'm still meeting up with them uh, regularly. Uh, not all decisions uh, decision will turn out well, right? There is always the pro and the con. Similarly, many of my decisions, many of them turned out well. Some of them did not turn out too well. So what did I learn from it? There are many things. Huh? So we can see that when we make decisions, it has consequences. We profit from good decisions. We suffer from bad ones. What could be our third point? Huh? God, gave, God is with us and He will guide us through our good and bad decisions. The Israelites make a bad decision. We can see that, right? They make a bad decision. They rebel against God. God granted them what they wished for. Everyone who was counted in the censure, 20 years and older, would die in the wilderness. We know the 10 spies who spread the bad report, they would die by a plague. Uh, on the other, the next day, right, this happened, they decided to take matters in their, the, into their own hands, despite Moses warning them that God was not with them in that decision. So we can see this in Numbers chapter 14, verse 44. And uh, in the end, they suffer the consequences of their presumptions. Presumption, right? So they were badly defeated. I've often wondered, actually, what happened uh, to the wilderness generation? So what do you think happened? Huh? Did they die? They died, right? They died. So did they lose their salvation? Were they cut off from God? What do you think? What do you think? Not sure. Right? The answer is no. They were not cut off from God. Huh? They were not cut off from God. At least for the vast majority. There were instances like Korah or maybe the man with the midnight woman. We do not know. Right? So I come to a point, there are many things I do not know. There's a great latitude that God has given us to make our decision. So I believe that they were disciplined. 
Yes, they miss out on the inheritance of the promised land. Similarly, Moses as well missed out on the inheritance. And I think none of us would say that Moses was not saved, right? Moses was not cut out from God. And uh, they missed their blessing. They missed their blessing. If you look into the whole 40 years of wandering, God was actually with them. Marvelous huh, to think about this. God was actually with them through their 40 years of wandering because He guided them by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Exodus chapter 13. And He also, He not only was with them, He provided for them. He provided manna and quail for 40 years. 40 years without fear, there's food for them to gather from the ground. Until the point whereby Joshua led them across the Jordan, and when they first ate, ate the produce of the land at Giga, the manner the and the quail stopped. Like Joshua chapter 5. It's very interesting because we would think that God was testing them. On the other hand, if you were to read Hebrew chapter 3, they talk about the people testing God, right? The people testing God. Uh, in, in the same way, when we look into this whole episode, what was the reason? What could be for, what, 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 what was the benefit for us, right? Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 that this event occurred so as to keep us from evil. Paul refers to the wilderness generation as being baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And he also said they ate, ate the same spiritual food, they drink the same spiritual drink from the same spiritual rock, which was Christ. Right? So this thing occurred to keep us from setting our hearts on evil as we did. So what should we do if, when we make a bad decision? How many of us know that this inevitably will happen to us sometime? When we make a bad decision, right? So number one, don't presume like what the Israelites did. Huh? God, Moses already warned them. God is not with them. They still went ahead. Huh? Hawkins say, Kyang the whole man, gay Kyang, right? In that sense, huh? smart Alex. Right? So don't presume, don't take matters in your own hand. Don't try to ratify the situation immediately. Take time to seek God and discern His guidance. Secondly, don't regret. Huh? Don't regret. Uh, Israelites, every time when they face a challenge, we see they always say, ah, how I wish I can go back to Egypt. How I miss the onion and the lake in Egypt. Uh, where they have fish as well. Huh? Well, they are dreaming. I think unlikely they have fish, right? So they are dreaming. They, they, they regret. They regret. Uh, do we blame ourselves when we make a wrong decision? Do we live in regret? The answer is no. Huh? Move on. Move on. Regretting is one of the most unfruitful things that you can do. Uh, just uh, last year when the pandemic opened, I remember uh, we had a family gathering. So my, my uncle and my family, we, we, we all met together. I was sitting next to my uncle, uh, and then he started to recall some stories. My mom passed away 10 years ago, right? So he said, ah, that year before my mom passed away, my mom went with them on a holiday in Yunnan, and that time, my mom suffered severe constipation. Say, ah, if I have known, if I have, if I have alerted or sounded an alarm that she should go for a checkup because my mom died of colon cancer, right? You say, oh, maybe your mom should be here today. I will be here today. Uh, I just know that, yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay. Uh, how helpful do you think this will be? Not helpful at all, huh? 
right? Never live in regret. You can never turn back the clock. Move on. Move on, right? What is ahead? Because hindsight is always 20-20. What is done is done. We know God is a God of second chance. Move ahead. The third thing is this, uh, don't blame others. Don't blame others. It's your fault. Uh. Well, hey, it's not my fault uh, that you have so many portfolio. Pastor Alvin, you want to know how many portfolio I have as well? <laughs> okay, now we are, we are comparing. Right, don't blame others. Uh. Don't blame others. Um, uh, we see this in Moses as well. Uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 37 and 8. Uh, and it says to the Israelite, because of you, the Lord became angry with me <laughs> and said, you shall not enter it either, but your assistant, Joshua, will enter it, right? So Moses was upset and Moses put the blame on the Israelite for causing him to miss that inheritance or entering the promised land, right? Uh, he was sore about this opportunity and yet if you think about this, he also made the mistake. God told him to speak to the rock. He struck, struck the rock. And that was the basis of his disqualification, relying on tested ways and not obeying God. So we need to take responsibility for our own actions and decisions. Don't blame others. And fourthly, learn from mistakes, which means adapt our future, right? So if you were to reflect on this story, a lot of times we say, ah, look at the Israelite people. Hopeless, right? Like, wow, you know, they grumble for 40 years. Moses and Aaron have to put up with them. God have to put up with them. It's like lack of faith. Every time they come to an issue, uh, they complain. Uh, if you take a step back, there's this thing called you know, the filter in which they look at the world. You must, we must understand that they were enslaved in Egypt for 430 years. Uh, how did they view the world? How did they view those around them? Uh, what was it like for them to live in a situation whereby they can be bought and sold like cattle? They have no rights, whereby one day their sons and daughters could be taken away uh, on the whim and fancy of their master. It's no wonder why they saw themselves as grasshopper in the eyes of the Canaanite and they felt like wise how the Canaanites look at them. We have this lens in which we look at the world, and our perception dictates how we behave. Pastor Alvin, if I were to ask you, you know, let's say you are on an important meeting, you have plenty of time, you are very relaxed, you go into a car, you are probably happy and relaxed. Huh? And then suddenly as you get into the expressway, you hit a traffic jam. Then how do you feel? What could be your reaction? Well, frustrated, frustrated huh? angry, huh? maybe start cursing, right? So most of us would think, oh, we reacted that way because of the situation that happens before us. That's why we reacted. Is it the situation? Is it the situation? Think about this, huh? because the same situation can happen to another person and the person can behave in a totally different way. So it's not the situation. It's not the situation. Right, one day, if your son comes back with you with 100 mark, how do you behave? The next day, with zero mark from the exam, how do you behave? It's not the situation. Huh? It's how you perceive the situation, how you look at the situation. So if we were to go a little bit deeper, because this filter in which we look at the world 
it's very important. If we believe that we are a go-getter, we are somebody who can make changes and cause things to happen, then likely we behave that way. Agree? Right? If we believe that we are clumsy, we are, oh, uh, I'm pretty uh, not so good right now, right? There's no stamina. Then likely I behave that way. So the few times we should look at the world, dictates how we behave, and if you go deeper than what is inside our filter, what makes up our filter, what are the components and ingredients of our filter, is all this as stated here, right? Our culture, our education, our social status, our experiences, our upbringing, our nationality, our gender, our age, right? Our prejudices, everything that we are brought up with. We can never take away our filter. And this is where miscommunication happens because people look at things through different lenses, through different filters. And as you grow in your walk with God, what should, what should happen to our filter? The way in which we view God, the way in which we view the world. Whenever we make mistakes, hallelujah, this is a good opportunity for us to adapt to adjust, to modify, to grow our filter, to experience God in a different way, to look at things from different angles. Seven major job changes, moving in and out from church work and also marketplace. What have I learned over all these years? Huh? Well, many things, huh? many things. Yeah, I learned to be definitely more tolerant, uh, more accepting, from before. And I know that, yeah, I work in, let's say, uh, big churches, small churches, and now I, I'm really enjoying pretty much uh, my role as a consultant, as a trainer. Right? Our future experiences help us and to make decisions. And, and I, I talk about the many changes that I, I went through. Right? And I remember... Making that change, uh, when I left, let's say, my first church, wow, aren't you missing out the will of God for your life? Aren't you settling for second best? Uh, that was something that a leader told me. How does it feel, right? Obviously, there was a pressure if you to make a decision to move out, which I moved out. To make a decision whereby I decided to leave wasn't easy. In a, in, a, in a situation like this. When I decided to go on a sabbatical to study, I know I was stagnating. There was holy discontent within me. Uh, then I started to think about the organic church. Uh, I had a meeting with a well-known pastor in the East uh, having lunch. And this was what he told me. I said, Kiran, don't waste your time. Why do you want to waste your time sitting in a cafe with two or three people whereby you can have make impact? Look into my church. You see what kind of cars that drive along the driveway every weekend. What would be the impact that you have on the multitude? Wow. You see, this is not the will of God for you. And that was a well-known pastor speaking to me and I met him only a second time. Can you imagine that? You know, of course, I felt this guy was very presumptuous. Yeah, he may be right, huh? right? As I, still it was a journey for me. Still it was my decision to make. And over the years, I learned many things. Moving into the marketplace, experiencing the transitions. Wow. 
point of despair, a point of wanting to give up even. And moderating, learning many things. I think in life, we are all on a journey. How many of us will agree with, with me? Eh? We are all on a journey. We are all on a journey of growing and learning to know and to reflect and to become more like God's. So we all make mistakes and that's the, not the end of the story because God is always with us. Now I am very comfortable. If you were to ask me, uh, Pastor Alvin, whether I want to come back to full-time ministry to serve as a pastor, <laughs> I think it's unlikely. Yeah? I have my freedom of, let's say, uh, what I want to do. And I, I really applaud you because I can understand the responsibility that you, you took. Not only sermon preparation, <laughs> leading people, uh, and it's not easy, right? So we all make decisions, and, and we can see that, that number one, right, if you look into what we mentioned, God gave us freedom to make our own decision. We profit from good decisions, we suffer from bad ones, and God promised His presence and His guidance through all our decisions. Now, I'll say this, uh, the will of God will not lead us where the grace of God cannot keep us. So maybe some of us here may be at a point of making a major decision. Maybe some of us here may have made bad decisions in our life. Perhaps we trusted somebody and we will play out. Or perhaps it was a job situation that you switch and you make a job change and it turned out to be a terrible place to be in. Or maybe in the present market, condition, uh, the stock market condition, right? You are regretting, oh, I invested in the stock market last year. I should have sold earlier, right? The investment gone wrong. Or perhaps it may be personal relationship, a strained relationship because of bad decisions, bad actions, hurtful words. What is important to know is that God is with us. God will help us. What we need to do is to take the attitude before God to say, God, help me, uh, guide me. You are with me. Let's pray. Let's pray. Can I invite the worship team? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Can we all rise at this time? Father, we thank you again for this morning that we can come into your presence. Lord, we thank you for your word that you are with us and you will guide us. Father, even you have made bad decisions, make choices, bad choices in our life. Lord, you are one who never, never, never forsake us. You are someone who never, never, never leave us. We know, Lord, that we can rest in you. Lord, what we need to do is not to be presumptuous, Lord, not to blame others, to learn from the mistake. Lord, we pray that you help us to modify our future as we look at the world, that we may grow to become more like your son, Jesus. Father, you are leading us on a journey. And in this journey, sometimes there are thunderstorms. Sometimes they could be even a shipwreck, Lord. 
And yet there are other times whereby we see great sunshine. Lord, we see the blossoming of flowers and uh, of spring breaking forth. Lord, you are with us through the high and the low. You are with us at all times. Whether we feel it or we don't feel it, Lord, you are with us. And today you are here. You say, I'm making a key decision and I need God's guidance. Or perhaps you have made a bad decision in the past and you need God's redemption, God's help, God's deliverance for you to break out of that situation, you know. All eyes closed, all heads bowed, nobody looking around. Just lift up your hand, not to me, but to God. Any one of us here, lift up your hand and we will pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for those who lift up their hands, Lord. You know what they are going through. Lord, they are making major decisions in their life. Lord, we pray for your guidance. We ask for your Holy Spirit to direct and to show the way. Lord, we pray, Lord, that for those of us who have made bad decisions in the past, Lord, help us to redeem it. Help us to turn it around, Lord, so that our life may be enriched. Lord, that we may be able to redeem and recover from that situation. Lord, we trust in you. Lord, you are God who, are, who is with us and will guide us through the good times and the bad times. In Jesus' name we pray.